0: uh should we go sure we have a mic set up so that at any point uh, at any time when we get to A Q&A or before if you feel the spirit move you come up and ask a question at the mic yeah so that so that we'll pick it up well
1: and and are we gonna have a formal q a period we can do that if we want or not we can do whatever we want it's so true at random yeah <laughs> Uh, this feels like unlike every other part of my life, I have some control. <laughs> so, Speaking of which, oh boy, oh boy! Uh,
0: at the beginning of the last episode, you described your house being in an alarming state of decrepitude, yeah. and I thought you might want to give uh, the listeners a little bit of an update uh, since they may imagine that you're now sleeping in a refrigerator box under a bridge.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, well, that might be preferable. I so. <laughs> You'll recall, right? You'll recall. So, do you remember the list of things that were wrong? It was a very long it list. Was, so long, I do steps, not actually. Recall. And there were steps. There was a deck. I mean, those are ongoing. Yeah, there things. was a, there was a shower there, leak. There, well, I, I can't a- take a, I can't take a shower in my own shower. That's broken. In one of your showers. Right. You right. own other showers. Yeah, but this is not like a Trump Palace kind of thing. I mean... No. We do have a guest room. Right? We're taking right. showers in the guest room. Okay. And, um, uh, and and then what else had gone... Something else had gone wrong. Dishwasher. Oh, the dishwasher broke. And there's some kind of sink. Right. And so I'm washing dishes in the sink. And two days after that, guess what breaks? The sink. The sink. <laughs> sink breaks. How do you and, break a sink? Um, well... <laughs> funny story. So, uh, you know, you pull this little sprayer nozzle off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just comes all the way off and water is shooting everywhere. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's exciting. And and so, you know, I got to shut it down. And then I'm going on. I'm, so, you know, it's bad when on like a Friday night, you're looking at YouTube videos. How do you take a sink apart? Mm. And that's what I'm doing. Wow. And, and I'm calling my son. And of course, he's not he's not helping. And uh, yeah. and eventually we call, you know, we, we, we actually do get it fixed and we call a plumber who. Fixes the fix. And then it all works fine. Okay. So w- that's fixed. The dishwasher's fixed. And when did that we happen? We are well on the road to civilization. Uh, the dishwasher? That was today. Wow. Yeah, in between when I taught this morning and this thing. This thing, you've got a busy day. Oh, yeah. It's a busy day. Okay. Yeah. It's not over yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is weird, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. We don't usually have this many people watching us. <laughs> 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 not real people. Yeah. It's just going right. on in our minds.
0: Lots of Lego minifigs, but that's not that's not the same. That would be cool. We should have some. It'd be some. a little bit cool.
1: What, do we have any other nonsense before we get started on the thing?
0: Uh, no, let's get started. Can we started. have some feedback? Um, oh, we do if you want to talk about Listener Ambul's email. Is that the email I, you were I, talking it'd about? It'd be weird, right? It'd be a little weird. People <laughs> might guess who it is. <laughs> <laughs> but we, I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah. We, Can you hold on just a second? Sure. I do lots of things that annoy Professor Turner. Some of them happen while we're recording. Um, one of them that happens while we record is, is calling that me Professor Turner. I get tugged, I get, I get uh, tangled in cables and wind up moving things, and this makes noise. Noise requires him to engage in editing.
1: Editing makes him very unhappy. <laughs> it's about all I do these days. Um, okay. Is it, was there other feedback though? It felt like we, so. The last time we talked uh, with Mark McKenna, and, there were some there were some emails, and I put them on Slack, but I
0: don't have them at the at my fingertips. So and I think the whole we should, thing
1: is kind of weird. So we should just get going. Yeah, saying, and
0: we'll okay. do those. We'll do we'll do that feedback next week. Okay, when we're back at Oral Argument Headquarters, headquarters. World Central. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what what are we talking
1: about? A baby blue, I guess you wanted to talk about. I, yeah. So that would be a good. So we're going to talk about law journals because we're here on the occasion of. The Law Journal's anniversary at the invitation of the Georgia Law Review. Yeah. We're doing it live. Do it live. Do it li- <laughs> We'll do it live. And, um, and, and so we're going to talk about journals. And maybe a good way to start talking about journals is this Baby Blue fiasco. You want to tell us what happened? Fiasco? Uh, well, the fiasco is not Baby Blue itself. I yes, guess, it's yeah. the Harvard Law Review's uh,
0: reaction to Baby Blue. So uh, uh, I guess as the, as the less skeptical IP person, it falls to me to explain this. So uh, the uh, Harvard Law Review Association, um, I think they're the exclusive owner of the copyright in the Blue Book. Are they not the exclusive owner? Um, uh, the Harvard Law Review is one of the owners of the <laughs> copyright um, uh, in the Blue Book, a uniform system of citation. And uh, the, uh, it was noticed, I don't know precisely by whom, but it was noticed uh, at some point about a year and a half, two years ago. That the copyright on one of the editions of the Blue Book, I think it was the 10th edition about 1958, had not been renewed. What that means is the copyright on that particular edition of the Blue Book fell into the public domain. It expired. Uh, and therefore, that edition not protected by copyright. Uh, now, this is separate and apart from whatever argument you, wanna, you might want to make. that no, even and I do. Yeah. Even when it yeah. wasn't copyright, there were parts of it that were unprotectable by copyright. You know, just because you have a copyright on a book doesn't mean the copyright protects every aspect of the book. Um, see Feist against Rural, the White Pages case. Uh, so Carl uh, Malamud, uh, publicresource.org. And Man About Town decided that we've talked oh, about him on another show. I think we did. Which he's one was, really that was, he's sort of a hero of the public domain nerd types. It came up on one of our shows when people were. It
1: was like the, the was it the state code of Georgia? Yes, that he he, involved in? he
0: is the one involved in that case. Uh, publishing state codes online, uh, the state of Georgia has an arrangement with LexisNexis for the publication of the Georgia Code, which involves
1: some... um, That's right. It was about the annotations, right? Yeah, the annotations. So the the idea was, like, they got the exclusive right to do the annotations, and then... Okay, yeah. Yeah. But we digress. Uh, Well, that's what what we do on this show. I know. Uh, Carl Malamud (laughs) and uh, Chris Sprigman,
0: a law professor at NYU (laughs) Law School, decided that uh, this was an opportunity, the fact that there was this edition of the Blue Book that had entered the public domain, that this was an opportunity to, in effect, fork the Blue Book, uh, uh, a software term, uh, for uh, taking software at one level and taking it in a new direction. Maybe the other company that's doing a competing version is off over here, but you're off over here. Uh, I'm making hand gestures for our listeners who can't see me. Uh, and which is all of them. <laughs> which is most of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, so they dubbed this project Baby Blue, and their intention was to release, and they have released, a uh, a... Creative Commons public domain version of a uniform system of citation based on that 10th edition from 1958. They've updated it a great deal uh, to create their own
1: examples. Does it
0: have like lots of Leave It to
1: Beaver examples? It does not. It does does not. No, it's not
0: meant to be ironic. It's meant meant to be useful. (laughs) Um, So. So their examples are very current. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there are Justin Bieber examples, and, and uh, which makes it you know current for a law professor. So someone in their 40s will think it's very current. Mm. Um, and uh, the and it's been released to the public, and you can look at it online. There's PDF. It's going to be free. Uh, they're hoping as, as people review it, find improvements, suggest changes, uh, they'll be able to communicate those to publicresource.org, which is the entity that currently hosts this thing. Uh, and, uh, and when it became clear, as they started to make public statements about this project, uh, the Harvard Law Review law firm, Ropes and Gray, a very prestigious law firm in Boston, uh, began to send Carl uh, Malamud and Professor Sprigman cease and desist letters. Or, or we're worried letters, or it would be terrible if this happened letters, uh, talking about things like copyright law, trademark law, uh, and other various and sundry IP assertions. Mm. Uh, clearly, they have reached a comfort level themselves, Malamud and Sprigman have reached a comfort level where they were willing to put it uh, out in public, because they have. right? I mean, it's out on the web, people are talking about it, Lots of blog posts at Tech Dirt and uh, Washington Post uh, from, um, uh, what is that, um, The Volat Conspiracy, Yeah, uh, which is now at The Washington Post. Uh, lots of folks talking about it online. I've looked at it. I looked at it this morning, read the introduction, looked at some of the examples. Yeah, that's what I was going to
1: ask you. What do you think? Have you yeah. looked at
0: it? Uh, yeah, I think it. I think it's, they've made some interesting choices, um, uh, dispensing with a bunch of the international <coughs> material um, on the theory that uh, it. What was in the Blue Book at that time was quite cursory. And they, they didn't have the, the time yet to really do a fully fleshed out uh, set of citations for international material. So they're taking some different approaches. But I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting project. I
1: think you mean dispel with.
0: Yeah, they wanted to dispel with the notion that right. the Blue Book didn't know what it was doing. It, it knew exactly what it was, it was
1: doing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, you bet. Um, so you now can... I'm going to grab my bottle. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite the monologue for you. We don't normally, It really was. Wow, yeah, that's terrible. A, you get Joe in a classroom and suddenly, boom. Uh, believe me, they boom. know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, on. Uh, so, so they did, they did uh, dispense with some things. Like, it's, have you, I, I haven't actually been through the thing. Yet. They made so some I've, choices. I haven't, yeah. prepared, I haven't looked at a blue book in a while. So. But look,
0: they make the point in their introduction, and other commentators have made the same point, that uh, you, you don't want to make it too different especially to start, right? Because you don't want there to be a big switching cost. If you want people to switch to a new thing, you need it to be easy to switch. So if you make it radically different, no one will adopt it. No one I, will start using it. Do you think so, that's right? I do. I think there's, no, I don't. I, well, I think as an intuition, it's a reasonable intuition. You and I, we might have reached a different conclusion on our own, but it's certainly a reasonable one. It's a reasonable one, but yeah. it's not
1: the only way. Like, no, I didn't argue two, that it was. It, like, so, a, couple you know, <laughs> a couple of things. straw uh, man knocked down. Congratulations. There are a couple things. You can make things easy to use in a couple of ways, right? One, you make it like the thing that people are already using. right? And then there's yes. no little switching cost. The other thing is that you just make it easy to use. But easy things to use are easy to use. But but look, you you and I know that lawyers have um, about
0: as big an appetite as any subculture has for uh, for authority and being told what to do. Uh, So in that context, but nobody likes the Blue
1: Book. Nobody
0: likes it. Oh, I disagree. I think the it's the Blue Book is like that toothache that you like biting on. I don't. It's painful, but you're like, oh, but it feels interesting too. I'm going to
1: bite on it one more time. (laughs) We've all been there. We've all been there. No, no, (laughs) no. The blue book is not like that at all. I mean, the blue. So I mean, I'm reporting a subjective experience. You could deny my reality if you want, but (laughs) I'm I'm denying the represent uh, the representativeness of that reality. Okay, that's a fair point. I mean, so do you think though that? So it doesn't do a lot of simplification. I mean, if there's one criticism people have of the book. Oh, no, book, I think
0: it, I think it actually did do a fair bit of simplification. It's quite long still. Um, it's, it's, well, it's 198 pages, but a bunch of that is, you know, the intro, some documents at the end, requests for comments. So it's probably about 175 pages of content. The current blue book is probably 600 pages. Is it not? I mean, it's a massive, massive. The 20th edition is very large. So this is a good third the size. Uh, so that, that to me seems like a, a pretty good
1: contraction. So here's, here's the deal. And I, I want to start talking about this. The, we should have Chris Brickman on the show or Carl Malamud on the show. Uh, that would be awesome. That'd be totally great. So one I, thing course, I want to be clear, so I'll, I'll do that before, before we get into whether we should do something dramatically similar, uh, simpler, uh, I think they're doing great work, and someone needs to do this because I think you're actually right. In order to get adoption of a new thing, it has to be similar to the old. I think that's probably right. Yeah, but I want to argue we shouldn't do that. Well,
0: any I mean, any distance from it is a switching
1: cost. Right, that's right. And this
0: was in the copyright domain specifically. This is the point of Have you ever read this uh, Lotus against Borland? It's this uh, command menu hierarchy copyrightability case from the First Circuit. This is, I don't think so. Now a long time ago, Judge Boudin. Um, uh, wrote a wrote a kind of fun uh, opinion in the case about about switching costs and wh- how copyright is not supposed to be used to protect things like uh, imposing switching costs on your rivals. So it's it's sort of an interesting uh, copyright case. But hmm. but that, I'm, I
1: was reminded of it as I was looking at this stuff. I love came- this idea of switching costs. I think it's underused. I had an idea one time to, for a paper that analyzed um, environmental protection and the precautionary principle and analyzed it in terms of switching costs. Oh. Like you know, it's mm. the upshot. No, you don't need to write a paper because you can just say it. Like it's it's easier to create a parking lot out of wetlands than it is wetlands out of a parking lot. Cool. Boom. You see? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Um, Did,
0: now, what's the market for one
1: sentence long law review articles? It, it should be much <laughs> much bigger than it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the market yeah. for seventy pagers should be a lot less than it is, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: And uh, that really is the, That's the sweet spot on the market, right? This sort of fifty to seventy page. Mm-hmm. I think um, we can agree that the I'm right... I'm about to say X. I'm saying X. I'm saying X prime.
1: I just said X prime. I just said X. Thank you for reading X. <laughs> <laughs> We've got right. a bunch of law journal students out. I mean, does that that, does that sound pretty fair? I think we hit, a, hit a nerve.
0: Of- We're, yeah, there's uh, for the audience on online, they're, they're lot nodding, nodding their heads.
1: All right, so here here's what I want to do then. So um, I think that the... If you look at what was the fundamental problem with law journals right now, and I think it shares something in common with the Blue Book, it's they were both made for a different age, right? They were both made to solve problems that we don't have anymore, right? So the Blue Book carries this—it's intended to solve this problem that people have to find stuff, right? Yeah,
0: so, so which means we already know you're wrong. Um, oh boy. <laughs> the, the, it, they, they, they were designed to solve versions of problems we don't have. We still have the problem. We just have different versions of the problem. So it's still important when someone is pointing to something else as a place you can go to learn more about a topic if you want to. Right? You still have to have a reliable way to communicate to somebody. If you want to find that, here's how you find it. Right? That's all a system of citation is. It's a thing that points reliably to another location. Yeah, but it, it, so so that problem remains. We need to be able to point people to another location. Uh, now, do we need to do it with the kind of um, fetishization of authority and um, and masochism and all that stuff? No, probably not. Although it does have its <laughs> charms. Um, so uh, I think we still have a version of the problem.
1: Well, I, I, it depends Don't course, we? It depends on what you mean by problem. It depends on the scope of the problem. If the scope of the, you know, what I, you know how it yeah, goes, yeah, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, so uh, if it, the problem then was that you're reading a piece of paper, presumably more than one piece of paper. That's also part of the problem, right? Uh, so you're reading all these pieces of paper, and the papers themselves have to have things on them which will point you to the things that back up the things on that paper, right? So all of that direction has to be embedded in the thing itself. And the thing itself is just words on a page, right? Yeah. And so you need to carry all kinds of information using limited typographical symbols and to make it easy to find stuff, right? And. So I need a way to signal that I'm pointing to a newspaper. So you go to the newspaper part of the library rather than to the book part. I need a way quickly to symbol that this is a periodical or that this is a uh, whatever. This is some kind of uh, a treaty or something else so that I can have something to tell the librarian about where I need to go to find these things, right? And it's not that finding stuff is not a problem at all anymore. It still is. But we don't face quite that problem, right? We don't face quite the same problem that... Uh, I've got one piece of paper and one chance to tell the person how to find stuff, right? Now we have an entire part of the economy devoted to helping people find stuff by putting in snippets of things. True. Right? So So we have finding aids that are robust against... A lack of complete information about the source, if you put in a few clues, you're likely to find the source. Yeah. If you type in the name um, of the author and the title, you'll find it much faster than if you even stop to think about whether it's a newspaper.
0: And that's true even if you get the author's name a little bit wrong and the title a little bit right. wrong. You'll still find it, right? Which which isn't, I think, when you're dealing with all these paper-based aids from a prior era, yeah. they were probably less robust against certain kinds of mistakes or incompleteness. Maybe. I don't. We'd have to talk to an expert from that time to really know for sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, we have better finding aids, and that means that we don't need to put the kind of pressure on the sources. But there's, you know, there's a whole different, we're talking about, um, you know, we're talking about the hangnail next to, nah, the, I mean, next to the gunshot wound, right? The gunshot yeah. wound is um, the, um, the demand for hundreds and hundreds of footnotes in a blizzard of oh yeah pain, I w- we'll, get, right? there so we'll I don't, get there in a second we'll get there in a
1: second we'll get there in a second but that's I, the real problem but i want see i want to i want to get your reaction to my proposal oh okay okay so this is a this is don't say that this show doesn't do any good as merlin man says we're helping people yeah, <laughs> right? yeah absolutely yeah. Um, absolutely <laughs> so here's how we're going to help people this okay. is this is the or, official oral, oral argument uniform citation system proposed no it, it, this is Not yet. We get get the control. Okay, but I haven't waited. It already has one vote. (laughs) There may be a tie. (laughs) There may be a tie. Um, First of all, uh, signals, all of that stuff, gone. Order of authorities, gone. All that, everything that is not about helping people find the source, gone. Yeah. All right, so do away with all that stuff. Uh, and, And then, okay, so then what else do we do? Every single citation, author, comma, title, parentheses, date period done that's it
0: uh, how does a case get cited just the name of the author, case
1: yeah which could be an institutional author Fourth Circuit comma name of the case date yeah works for me um, uh, and and now don't the question have... is what do we lose so what do we gain from a larger system of citation that that, that we would lose by moving to something much simpler uh, Arguably nothing, because to the
0: degree that you want to convey information that is done in things like parentheticals or footnotes that have a discussion of a particular point that's a bit tangential to the point made in text, you could still do those.
1: Yes, because the, the right. rule is still like, you need to help people find the source, right? right? And so if you're pointing to something, pagination, optional. You can put page numbers, it's optional, right? Uh, which recognizes that more and more sources may not be paginated, right? And that's so. That's true. But if they are
0: paginated, anyone worth a damn is putting in a pin site. I'm sorry. That's just ridiculous well. not to put in a pin site. <laughs> right. So, it, so
1: you could, it just is. But in you parentheses, to you could put in. like section four or section whatever or a quote, right? Because if you put in a quote, the person is going to type it in, right? They're going to find the thing. Yeah. Uh, so I just don't see what use there is at all to anything more than that. I mean, along with a, just a um, suggestion that to you know to be helpful when you're using this system right right be helpful to the reader in finding things doesn't this solve a lot of problems
0: and you put uh, i think so and you put uh, look there the, there is uh, there are citation systems in the social sciences that mm-hmm. work very much like what you just described so in the text of a of a uh, and i my prior life was a, a, as a psychology grad student uh the the you put in in text you put uh, you open a parenthesis you put the name of the author comma date Year basically, um, close the parenthesis, and then at the back of the article, there's a list of sources, right? And so you can get the full citation information for that article at that location at the end of the paper. It works perfectly great. It's totally clear. There's no ambiguity. Uh, if if that author wrote more than one paper. Uh, in that year, you can do, you know, 2001A, 2001B, right? Mm-hmm. So you can disambiguate things that were written in the same year. It works terrifically. And you don't just have to put the year. You could put the month. You could do you other You could if you like... wanted, but, but it's, it, the point but, is you, you don't have to suffer ambiguity. There is no ambiguity. But it works the key, terrifically. The key
1: to this system, though, is that every that every reference is linked. So you include a link, right? So you can click on it and just go. Oh, well, that might be true. Yeah. I, I doubt that that's true now, uh, but but I'm just saying
0: even in the paper-based era yeah. in the early 90s, that that was yes, yeah. a much simpler system. So that was 25 years ago, and it was a right. much simpler system for a different
1: field right. than law. My thinking, though, is that if we didn't have to worry about link rot, if you could be confident that everything would, you know, every URL would remain active. That's, would,
0: not, the, that's not the reason why... Uh, there aren't links. The reason why there aren't links is copyright law. People aren't willing to expose to unrestricted view things in which they own the copyright. So the link would be right. to a protected a site where you thing. wouldn't be yeah. able to correct.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the point that the, the fact that the link is there, even if you can't access it and it just shows you a preview, will help you find the thing. Here's what we could do. Okay.
0: We could create a, um, a website. It's a very simple uh, static page. And it just says the following sentence. Oh, boy. Be angry period. Uh, And every time we have a link to something that isn't publicly available, just by linking a view, it links to that web page. So people, like thousands of, millions of times a day, people around the world are going, are seeing the
1: message, be angry. That may be the only time I would support our putting up an ad on a page. It'd be great. (laughs) We might actually earn some money. that way.
0: <laughs> um, but but
1: yeah, the, so the link thing—that's an interesting idea. Well, but it's not. There are other problems. I would with say it. I would normally. I, so the system would be like again, author, comma, title, and then in parentheses, date. And you would have to include a link. And if the if there is no link, you obviously can't. And the point is that if the link goes away from link rot, you have enough data there where you can find the thing. Of course, again, so right? You just, yeah, you just and use a search engine, you find it. Because you, what you don't need is what you used to need, even with these scientific publications, is that because it was all on a page. You needed metadata about that article or that book to appear, you know, with that link, and that's why you have like, you know, small caps, and you have italics, and you have all kinds of right. metadata signals, which are typographic metadata, right? It's yeah, weird, yeah right? conveyed by the typography. Yeah, yeah. And, and we've become so accustomed to it that it kind of it kind of looks right. To this see. is
0: another reason why it's so awesome because it's, uh, you know, the typography nerd. Do I have your nerd.
1: vote? Do I have your vote? Um, you
0: do totally have my vote, okay. and because Boom. because I will, um, in order to. Um, satisfy these other needs I will <laughs> launch the Blue Book and Aquarian Society where people meet and revel in the joys that were the masochism of the Blue Book mm-hmm. um, which we it won't matter anymore except like for the of, pure joy
1: of it. It sounds right? like you do that over knitting. <laughs> I might. Yeah, yeah. That sounds great. This is
0: <laughs> I'm a knitter folks. Um, they know that. There's, everyone knows so, the famous segment Knitting yeah. with Joe.
1: Is this- <laughs> Is this that
0: segment? <laughs> Apparently. Um, but but yeah, there's, I mean, uh, conveying information
1: uh, by by typography, that's pretty clever. Uh, we just clever. D- We just don't need it anymore. We don't need it anymore. Although I still, I would like to have the title in italics. See, maybe that's my antiquarian thing. <laughs> All right. Because that feels better, doesn't it? That was, that was just a huge... Author, comma, title in italics. No? No. You don't think so? No. All right. So, should we talk about the real meat of it? Sure. Um, or or so are we sold on this? Uh, sure. That, no, that works for me. We're going to. I lived f- under a different regime like this, un, as I've said. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I know that it works and it works beautifully. Well, we're going to hear from hopefully the students, and we'll see. You know, because they deal with this. Right. You, know. uh, you were on. Were you on a law review? I was. Yeah, I, I was on a law review, and so yeah. I, we have experience doing this stuff too. But right. uh, it's. It's not that old though, right? It's not that, we weren't, it wasn't that long ago, was it that we were more no, Morpheus? 20 years. I mean, it's yeah, yeah, a long time. So. Yeah, all right, all right. Um, hmm. uh, what, and I what? was And I was a person who, uh, e-
0: even then, there was this sort of um, uh, problem with people wanting too many footnotes. Uh, and so Do you want I, to turn to that? And I was, and I was fighting it then um, on behalf of the authors for the pieces I was editing.
1: Um, because Do you I think, think that's a pr- real problem, or is that a symptom of the problem? Uh, say more a- about law reviews and scholarship. Uh, even more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious what you think, though. Uh, well, I, I'm th- you know, I think we've talked about this a lot, right? Um, you and I, at least, and, and mm-hmm. others. And um, I even more since yesterday. You saw this gravitational wave discovery? Yes. It's a thousand authors on this paper. Mm. And it's like 13 pages. Did you read it? No. It's amazing. I mean, this is so elegant and amazing. And the the idea, right, so a billion years ago, these two black holes, which are some dozens of times bigger, you know, more massive than the sun, not super massive, spinning together at some high proportion of the speed of light Mm. spiraling inward, right? Yeah, yeah. And a billion, and and they hit each other, right? Yeah. And... Send out, you know, they basically send out ripples in space time, like increasing the size of space, decreasing, like waves in space. Yeah, waves in space time. Uh, Not waves of space, really. Right. And and, all right, so for a billion years, these things are traveling a billion years, and then right before they get here, right before they get here, like like it's almost zero time before they get here. Albert Einstein is born, dreams up general relativity. We figure out how to do an experiment like this. We set everything up, and within days, the waves get here. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's like we—it's like we just beat the clock on that one. <laughs> okay, all right, and but it takes—it's this huge cooperative enterprise among all of these scientists to do this amazing thing, right? It, it so many things are put together, and it made me think about our field a little bit. Mm, I don't see why. <laughs> <laughs> What 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 are what is it? What are we supposed to be doing? Like what, what do we think the, we're doing, right? Yeah, and, boom, there you go. And so it it just it it it. <laughs> well, it made me think again. That, Not like, confirming relativity. Well, the, <laughs> <laughs> or the, building LIGO or no, but what we you know, do is super important, right? It is. It is, like, it is very much like, the it, technology you, of social life. Well, do you remember this? Do you remember this like uh, tagline that I had for the show when we first started it that we I didn't don't. use? Like something like um, uh, the. Um, uh, what was it? The we could didn't use it because it sounded like social software, but it was like the, the software that runs society kind of thing. Hmm. I forget exactly. Yeah, what, I but, like my phrase better. Yeah, what? But but yeah, but technology it's 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 software because you know we're the hardware and all that, right? But but I anyway. get
0: to be I get to be
1: agnostic on that. Yeah. Um. But what we do is super important. Like you know we don't do anything else without organizing ourselves and cooperating. Yes. A- and that there's so much to do. To get that, you know, to to figure that out and do things well and not badly, right? Um, And it seems like we've got this great gift, you know, in law schools and in the world of legal academia to try things that no one's thought of before, right? To advance the state of knowledge. And and it seems to me that every single thing that gets in the (coughs) way of that is waste, but it's and, not, it, and it irritates me.
0: But it's not knowledge. It's, it's not this. It, so, so legal knowledge, I think, is knowledge about a practice. And ultimately, the, the practice itself is something in which everybody has to participate uh, yes. to some degree or other. Unlike confirming the existence of gravitational waves, it, it's, it's actually important that everyone not participate in that. Because most people on the planet would just F it up. Right. It's you have to be very specialized in your understanding and your skills and in a way that law isn't like that at all. Well, that's that's in fact, if we if we weren't reasonably well designed by whatever pressures brought us to our current state uh, to to engage in social cooperation over scarce resources, we'd already all be dead. Right. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we're here suggests we're all pretty good at doing the thing law does. I would I would Mm -hmm. uh, contend. Uh, and so that's quite unlike physics or chemistry at a sophisticated level. Well, there are parts or,
1: there are parts that are like, and there are parts that are unlike. course, well, right? You know, and, the, and I'm, I'm the thousand suggesting...
0: people who are co-authors on the paper about gravitational waves are probably the thousand people who could contribute usefully to that project.
1: No, no, no. There are there are a lot more people who could, but uh, who could with
0: training and more experience? Well, it and takes more... many
1: different. It, the point is, that it takes many different kinds of expertise and input to carry out that experiment, right? It's many.
0: But it's, and, it, it is in integral fact, to law being a universally experienceable in a way that physics isn't. That, I think it's integral to law. So yes. it's a fundamentally different enterprise. Th-
1: then, okay, so then why is it, right? Then why is it that when we make contributions to knowledge, the norm is that we should do it alone, right? That, to me, is like what I get from, like... We this, don't do it alone. If we, we're, uh, we, we it, are The scholarship we tend to do alone. And I don't. Fact, I disagree. It gets, it's not stance. scholarship until it's shared, in my view. Oh, but that's by a single author. It sh- but you share it by publishing it. Yeah, but we're talking. I'm talking about cooperating to produce knowledge, right? I cooperate with the people. It's a different kind of cooperation. Well, all. all pub- Describe what you what you want. What what's your vision of what we should be doing, if not what we currently do? Well, I think that our—so I, I agree with you completely that the kind of legal knowledge that we can produce as a public good is of a different sort than um, other kinds of scientific knowledge or than scientific knowledge, right? That one of the things we can do is we can keep alive different viewpoints and remind ourselves of our values, right? Right. Um, helping to produce menus about different ways of looking at problems, connecting one problem with over here with a different problem over there and showing that they are different aspects of the same thing, or there's a value over here, which was important. Shouldn't we and think discovering, about that And discovering our values by going through the effort of articulating them. And bringing in knowledge from other fields, yeah. uh, being a kind of almost middleman for this kind of stuff, in order to apply it to this, you know, to do what we, you know, we, we don't have the luxury in law of waiting around until we get the knowledge just right right this is the well, that's this, true this is the field of making decisions because we have to
0: right in, in terms of judging certainly in, in terms, terms of the in terms of, of the representing law. clients absolutely in terms of right. legal the, the legal academy i don't think that's true
1: that's right but we we contribute to our knowledge is about right what the knowledge we're trying to contribute is to help that enterprise of making the decisions that we have to make yes right and so if we're going to do that like wouldn't it be better if there was more cooperation more co-authorship, more joint work, shorter pieces, um, pieces of uh, of very different kinds. These seem like quite different uh, and potentially
0: unrelated uh, issues to me. Um, Shorter stuff, absolutely, um, because most of what most of us do, uh, it it doesn't merit more than a much shorter treatment. Um, However, it seems to me co-authoring that strikes me as a, that's kind of an independent access to how long is the paper, right? Um, uh, and should there be more of it? Um, if there are things that are keeping people from co-authoring, uh, if there are things that
1: are artificially suppressing co-authoring. Do you think there are? Um, I, I don't, what do you think the norm is in the academy about co-authored pieces?
0: Um, I, I think people, um, I, I think in law, um, unlike in some fields, I think in law, Um, people are a little bit perplexed about how to think about issues of credit.
1: Yeah, you see, that's the thing. It's that currency of credit that is ultimately, like, I understand why it has to be there. Because the
0: most common thing is a solo authored piece. And and against the backdrop of that tradition, figuring out what to make of a co-authored piece is a little tougher. And anytime you introduce friction like that, you're making it less. You just raise the price a little bit of doing it and anything raise the, you raise the price of you get cons, gets consumed less What do you mean, say
1: say more raise the price of what?
0: Of of doing co-authoring from the point of view of the writer of the authors yeah
1: okay
0: because you know as an author in an academic setting you're being evaluated by your colleagues and that evaluation is now that you've made you've you've problematized it a little bit you have made it a little tougher for them to figure out exactly what to think about your effort given that there's a co-author well, that that if you think that through, you think, well, maybe I could do this by myself, and then that wouldn't be ambiguous. Then they
1: would know it was me, right? And right? And, and so it's that bit of indirection that bothers me, that is that niggles. And, and, and even in um, um, you know, even in the sciences, things are not you know with with peer review, and there's all kinds of polit- every institution has politics, right? I understand that. Yeah, right? and. But every bit of every little bit of that politics is is getting us further away from that I- ideal, like of developing new ideas. I don't know that. No, I don't think. I don't know. Every bit of it. Not some every of bit some of it, it is. A, I'm is trying to, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You know, provoke you.
0: <laughs> so far, you're doing a great job. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, th- I think. Look, I think there's uh, there's so, there's plenty of co-authorship going on in the legal academy uh probably more than uh has been in the past, and more than uh, you yeah. and probably less than there will be in the future um but uh, you know I don't think that's the worst thing in the world I think the long I think the crazy, long papers with way too much introductory material and hundreds and hundreds of footnotes that make me want to stab my eyes out like oedipus um I think that stuff is just bonkers and should stop today. Uh, and when, and even if every paper for the rest for the next fifty years is written some by only merit, one author, I mean some of them merit it though, right? Well, and the ones that do, uh, you know, well, no, none of them merit hundreds and hundreds of footnotes. No, uh, that's a categorical statement I'm actually willing to make. Unlike the ones you've been making, that <laughs> that this that's what I really think is right. Hmm. Um, uh, but. Uh, that, to me, is a. Much, those are much bigger problems than the fact that some people who would otherwise be inclined to co-author a paper feel inhibited in doing so because they perceive it to be tougher for their colleagues to figure out when they're making things like promotion. But tenors. then they're not thinking
1: about, like, what's the best way of putting this? It's a cost. I, it's it, a I huge don't, cost. Uh,
0: okay. It's, yes, it's a cost. I don't know how huge it is. Hmm. Because, uh, because I myself have never felt... P- it's a limitation i guess in my own experience and imagination i myself have never felt particularly inhibited by that maybe if i were a different person i would and and maybe if there were another interlocutor yeah, here they'd agree see, with you right
1: i mean it, it's the whole culture and environment right if it were a different culture where of course people proceed by collaboration of course they write yeah then i would are, feel
0: very keenly the fact that there was this pressure not to right. if it were the norm right but it's a little bit like the David Foster
1: Wallace, one fish asking the other fish, "How's the water?" Exactly. So, well, I, I make too many David Foster Wallace. I do too, but I love him, that. and he's. I do and too. And it's very and sad that he died. Of course, and, the irony is that he uses hundreds of footnotes. Yeah, and he has footnotes to footnotes. I know, it's, and that, it's beautiful. That it's Atlantic so beautiful. piece.
0: That Atlantic piece he wrote on snoots, language snoots. Mm-hmm. You read this piece? I'm right? I'm not sure that I have. Oh, it's so beautiful, and the footnotes have footnotes.
1: Yeah, that's infinite jest. Yeah, I um, think they're even a well in this I think article. Even a tertiary. Layer of footnotes in Infinite Jest. Oh, the footnotes I, to the footnotes have footnotes. I think there might be. Oh right? yeah, it's been a while. And, so. uh,
0: and typography galore. Yeah, That's
1: it's a great. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, well, so th- I guess the other f- thing here is, um, if we want to connect it back with the blue book thing, and then we should get some questions, uh, probably, and, or some some feedback, some hostilities. Yes, um, some slings and arrows. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some cruel misfortune. As with the citation stuff, I I do feel like part of the the norm about length and about the way these things are produced is a legacy of the journal idea, right? It's a legacy of the fact that at one point it was super expensive to get your ideas out to people, right? You couldn't say, I've got a new idea. Let me tell everybody else in the legal academy, right? Right. Instead, you sent your idea to a group of people who could take a bunch of ideas, put them together into something that could be sent out to everybody, right? And so that's what a journal is, right? It's a taking together, I don't know, a few ideas at a time, and then mailing them out to everybody so that not everybody has to talk to everybody else. And that implies, because it was difficult to do and you've got to bind volumes, etc. that implies a certain form, right? It's like, I better get all my ideas down right now, right? All my ideas for the year need to go down here right now. And... And that so, – so articles, you get a sense of heft that they should have, a sense mm. of comprehensiveness. Right. And then over time, like, it just makes sense that people are talking more um, because communication is cheaper. And in the course of talking more, the ideas maybe get a little bit smaller. But the norm of the piece, like the physical, like, appreciation of what makes a piece doesn't really change. So it's still about 70 pages, right? But I also want to demonstrate that I'm authoritative and maybe I put all those things together, and I get my idea, which really should be like a blog post or something else. But it's 70 pages because it's got 400 footnotes, and it has uh, the introduction. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. It's got this, and no one's ever thought about this before ever, and here's the ways right. that blah, blah, blah. Which is just wrong. Well, uh, usually, yeah. Usually, yeah. So I, I wonder, do you agree? Do you think that, the, that, that as with citation, there's a certain kind of historical anchor that we are laboring to rid ourselves of here. There, and, and, is,
0: there is an anchor. I don't know that anyone's laboring to rid themselves of it, but there's certainly, a, yeah, there's an anchor of, of expectation that uh, has, a, has a pull, whether people are aware of it or not, whether they're trying to get rid of it, or whether they just think this is the way things are.
1: I don't know. But it definitely exists, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get to it today. I think it bears more thinking. And, and this is part of, I, I think this is why they paid us to show up today. Yeah, um, these massive speaking fees that we got for today. Right, right. Um, honoraria. Yeah, I, I need to talk off. to you about that because I didn't know
0: there were any fees. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, we're going to consult on that later.
1: Because I mean, one, one, one thing that that um, uh, I think people wanted to hear about is like, you know, what are your views on journals and the roles of students? And and we've said a little bit about that, right? But yep. the broader issue is what should be the role in the future of students in the in in the production of scholarship and new ideas? Like that's the real question, right? Like what. How can students best like learn from that? What's most useful to them? Um, and it's a tricky question in our field. It's a tricky question in part because our students don't want to be us. Right, like we're almost unique in that way. Right, right. I mean, they they want to do this instead of that. And, and yeah, physics grad students really do want to be physics professors. Right, um, and or work in industry and do the same kind of thing. They yeah. want to do the scientific method. Right, yeah, you know, right. And we don't have that. Right, right. Um, so what is the reason that a student would want to participate in scholarship? And we've talked about this a little bit before in the show about, you know, whether it's theory or something else and how this can be useful to lots of people in lots of different scenarios. But I don't know, did you have any thoughts about like a post, not post journal, because I think journals can evolve. And I think a lot are experimenting this, you know, yeah, online absolutely. little parts or that's like well, baby that, steps. And that's my and,
0: only, I mean, my, 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 I think the most important thought for me at this point is that people need to be doing a lot more experimentation. Mm-hmm. Because we're in this state of, of, of flux and, um, and things are, uh, we have so many communications tools uh, and capabilities that we didn't have even 10 years ago. People ought to be testing the boundaries, experimenting with different ways of doing things. So I think there ought to be a lot more experimentation uh, because, uh, you know, you, you, you only have good ideas if you have lots of ideas, meaning most of them are bad. But, but some will be good and people need to try stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what they're, I mean, a lot I mean, of journals was, are doing that, including yeah. UGA. You know. and,
0: and I say that as like, you, some of you may um, have experienced uh, some of the casebook stuff I've done, um, but but that, and, and you've done uh, alternative casebook provision stuff as well. And, and what, what was that? That was just us experimenting with a form, right? That was us saying, well, there's a traditional way of doing it, but there are other ways of doing it too. Let's explore based on these newly available technologies of distribution, Specifically, but creation as well, and find out are the are there other ways to do it that are that are really useful and fun and interesting? And the answer turns out to be yes. So it's, people need to try stuff.
1: That's it's, that's super interesting in a way. That I haven't thought about it in quite that way. That like the the reason to do something alternative with casebooks, you know, it, is because of these new distribution methods. It's cheaper. To, we have the tools. Like I coded some software for it. You did your own, and and you can. It's possible now to do this. Yeah, things, totally. Right? And. But at the very point where alternatives become possible and cheaper, it's like the death rattle of the casebook industry is to jack up prices to huge you know, astronomical fees, right? It's So one reaction would be, boy, we're going to – and you do see a little bit of that. Boy, we're going to change and be more like this because with the online casebooks and everything else. Yeah. But isn't that strange? They that got more expensive. Do you see that with journals? Like they're going to – part of the – no, it's I, I, going to be to double down on the old form. I don't see that. You know? I don't
0: either, and and partly that's a it's we're talking about a very different thing, right? It's not a yeah. it's not a um, uh, law journals are not um, marketed or experienced in the same way that casebooks are as a business, right? But, right. Um, so no, I don't see that, and 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 the you know the online companion stuff that started happening. A number of years ago, and, yeah. and I think that's been a healthy development. That's an that's an example of experimentation. Um, uh, you know, it, it very quickly settled down into just another version of the same thing we do in print, and that's maybe a little
1: sad. But uh, but it was
0: experimentation, so I think that's good. I like experimentation. One
1: of my favorite more things that. that we published um, the year that I was on the managing board of the Law Review was a we'd published a piece by. Jed Rubinfeld on the First Amendment. It was a really good piece about purposivism in 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 the First Amendment and and uh Posner replied with a kind of scathing attack, basically a, a manifesto for pragmatism, right? Hmm. Uh, and finding fault with uh purposivism. And I, and Rubinfeld wrote a reply to that, right? So we used the pages of the journal as this dialogue between them, which I thought was so much more interesting and they were they were shorter and we right. brought them out to the law school to do a debate, oh, cool. which was really cool, right? Yeah. Online seems to open up the world for them. right? More of like that, small, right? Because they can be three paragraphs of, you know, I read this, I think this is nonsense right. for the following reasons. Someone else can reply. And, and, what, and you know, to, to look at SCOTUS Blog, for example,
0: they've been hosting over the last year, year and a half, SCOTUS Blog has been doing video interviews with uh, prominent Supreme Court advocates. Yeah. And I think this is another example where you could say, oh, okay, we could do, m- maybe they don't come to the school, right? But maybe the two authors or the three authors who are involved in this dialogue in a series of pieces, maybe part of what you're doing is you, you interview each of them about the other piece or right. the other piece and their own piece. Or maybe you try to get an interview video where you've got the two of them on the screen and you're having a conversation, right? of you should be doing that.
1: They I think be, audio.
0: They should be, okay audio. Whatever. I mean, they should be experimenting. They should be experimenting <laughs> yeah. with different methodologies with because we have different technologies of distribution and creation. The price of these things is falling through the floor. Uh, people ought to be trying new things.
1: They should be doing podcasts. Okay, and short little snippets. You know, robot or not style.
0: Robot is so great. Have you, are you guys listening to Robot or Not? That's pathetic. <laughs> this room, this is robot or not is fantastic. you need to listen to robot or not when, when you 're done listening to your daily dose of Hamilton, the musical oh boy, which is fantastic. Um, you listen to some robot or not, and then you you 're a better person, basically. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you have any more? Do you have any more like injunctions? For no, us to but you're but you're you're, you're, you're a, really laying down the fundamental man the fundamental I'm, hammer today. That's true,
0: uh, but no, you're you're right. You, people should be doing various podcast things and things because again, that's
1: experimenting stuff that's easy new to new consume stuff. and that gets to the heart of it more quickly. That's what I liked about that dialogue. Right? Boy, it got to the heart of the uh, right. purposivist purpose, uh, pragmatist divide. in a really sharp and nice way. And the
0: online companions at Law Review websites are are ways of doing that faster, right? What they've done is shorten the cycle um, in a in a way that oftentimes didn't happen when there were these replies and sir replies in print.
1: And I feel like we do that on our show when we have people on. I feel like we do get to the heart of things with people. I mean, you know, not yeah, we've always. Been very, yeah, we've we, been very lucky. Sometimes though, right? we orbit around for a while before we get somewhere. But it, on the shows, we've done, on our favorite case episodes. Sometimes we come in prepared to talk about a particular thing. Yeah. And it that dialogue can help you get somewhere more quickly. And for, it's for some people, it's not for others. But the the beauty is that. You're no longer locked into a format where there is one. There's one medium right. which inevitably seems to carry one kind of message. And it's a different. And it's a different way of experiencing something and thinking about something. So, so
0: one thing I've been doing the last um, year, I listened to more oral arguments from the Supreme Court than I used to. Yeah, and it has really helped me think differently about a bunch of different cases in a way that. Um, that, you know, you read the opinion, you can read some of the briefs, but that's one way of experiencing it. Hearing the justices ask questions and wrestle with the answers and and hear the advocates try to synthesize things in a particular way on the fly,
1: it just is a whole new angle to look at the case. That's how I've I taught, like it. I've taught Kelo versus City of New London that way for years. Have, because the it's, Students because, listen to the oral argument. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll play snippets in class and, and, and you just... You understand that case so much better because yeah. you get, you know, Breyers tries out this idea about things, which isn't, you can map out the, the intellectual terrain. And
0: you look at the opinion and you see the way it's partly a product of what happened in argument, right. but partly, of course, not, right? They, there are things happening in the opinion that are not reflected in the argument. That's cool too. Um,
1: so yeah, I just think- uh, And opinions sometimes fall prey to this thing, right? So opinions sometimes, I think bad opinions are the ones that try to make a dispute sound easy. But yeah, those are the, the right. rhetorically excellent opinions are the ones that do that. But substantively bad opinions, right? So a, an opinion which has a certain kind of rhetorical excellence, like it makes the result seem inevitable. And as a right, lawyer, right, you're right. trying to do that with your brief, yes. right? A lot of the time, right? Yes. But in terms of the contribution to humanity, it's better if we appreciate better why the problem is hard. Yeah, if
0: you're candid about the uncertainty. Yeah, at and you the see front. that in oral argument,
1: right? You you, you hear it, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> You don't have some kind of synesthesia or you? I do not. I know. do not. Um, not unaided. You don't. You don't hear the the dulcet tones of Samuel Alito and no, see the takes, little see it, the little flame from. Tree it would of Life be a sort of a squidgy
0: green kind oh. of like. If, yeah, but that's just. A you vocal, gonna, that's a vocal quality. You gotta
1: stop. You gotta stop uh, uh, swiping. <laughs> you bring him up because you know I'm gonna do that. I do. I do. But I want him on the show. Okay. So, Dream you know, on, I, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think law reviews,
0: if they did, if they did, if they thought about what they could do with video or audio, this is just one very minor illustration of the much larger point about like break the form, rethink, think new things, just, Take try, new, just try, yeah, class. try stuff, yeah. Why not? Most of which will be terrible. No, I think most no, of it will be I'll, awesome. But that's, that's, how, that's the only way you get the good stuff is when you try lots of things. Yeah. And then
1: a bunch of stuff fails, and that's totally okay. Especially given that I'm not the one doing it. <laughs> but that's, you know, so to... to and then we're going to open it up. But I think that's also partly the tragedy of these long 70 pages. Uh, you know, I've written a bunch of the... Not a bunch, that's maybe... <laughs> but I've written some of these, right? And right. Uh, academics works best when the people in it have a real freedom, a real and true freedom to fail, right? It's what I, I want the students to feel that they yeah. have, too, and go, like, just try stuff, Yeah. right? I mean, it's
0: true that when you, in industry... I think that's limited to academics. I think there are plenty of parts of life that, I mean, are, the fact that there has been bankruptcy law in the United States since the founding of the Republic is a sign that we value failure, well, we because value we value creativity. risk because we value risk
1: taking. We value creative destruction. We value right. you know, it's, it's not so, failure right. for its own sake, but it's failure because people took risks. Yeah, and the risks cap- are invaluable. If you're a capital defense attorney, maybe don't exercise that freedom to fail in the same way. Understood. Time, right? yeah. Understood. A, I mean, there are times to be really risk averse, right? Yeah. That time is not the academy. The academy needs and i right. and I'm constantly surprised at how risk averse people in the academy are. Um, I think we should be less risk averse. I mean, Fail? who cares right, right? let's yeah. try stuff this podcast is a is a is monument an exercise to that. In failure yeah I get absolutely. it absolutely <laughs> <laughs> we what, celebrate that should we get people to join in we should, should we, if so they we want to. we kicked a bunch of ideas out there i think it's fair to say most of them are um uh uh what's what's the right phrase um, uh, i don't know um half cocked half-baked uh, yeah half-baked <laughs> Is yeah, don't not the right don't idea? don't
0: go off half cocked. I guess you could say that. Yeah, right? I was trying to mix hackneyed. with your half baked idea. Yeah, yeah. But there's a microphone in the front, and it would be nice if we could capture the question or observation or denunciation. So we had, So here's someone with a question or observation.
1: Oh, he's shedding clothing as he's coming up yeah. to the, <laughs> up to the mic
2: on the spot. Yeah, what's so, up? So I have a contention. I actually think that the 70 pages are necessary, and y'all are talking about and we're bringing in the theory with the two black holes, well, it's a nine-page paper, but then there's 120 footnotes. Yeah. And within the 120 footnotes, there's each footnote represents a new paper. But with the 70-page law paper, you're only backing it up with a single theory. So a sentence will go to this book, but it doesn't represent a whole theory. Right. And so with a scientific method, you have what? You have ask a question perform um, a hypothesis, experiment, conclusion, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the law uh, review, note, or whatever else has to put all that in 70 pages where the scientific paper can spread it across many papers. And so that would be my defense for the 70-page
3: mm-hmm.
2: note.
1: Right. When you read a scientific, like when you read this article, the one about uh, gravitational waves, or pretty much anyone, like you're always joining a conversation in its middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, with the you know with the legal theory class, some of these readings are really hard, and I always tell students like you know it's okay for it to be hard at first, and it's okay not to get it because you right. are joining a conversation in its middle, Because right. a lot of these pieces do not start by explaining everything from no. the bottom up. Or from and the this is, up, right? and I I think you're right that within the frame,
0: it's 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 we can understand why they are seventy pages given the way the norm of presentation now exists. But the norm of presentation where you do not. Um, either because you really believe it or because you're striking a pose. You do not, as the author, say, I need to lay down a bunch of intro stuff because no one's actually figured this out ever before ever, right? Unfortunately, there's a pressure on us as law professors to present our stuff that way, even though it really isn't true, right? There's an ongoing discussion that we're entering into the middle of, but we don't present the paper that way, unlike the physicists who just jump right in. Um, and because other physicists as you 've observed the physics, right yeah. they, they, they take for granted that there 's this bookcase of stuff that everyone who picks up the paper has already read
1: um, but I kind of get the so i 'm working on a 70 page paper right now and i i wouldn 't <laughs> i wouldn't, i wouldn't not not right now not right now <laughs> kind of i 'm always thinking about it but uh, um, but i wouldn 't do that just to i 've always you know i 'm not doing that just to appeal to law students I, just you know, I don't know if it's any good. Most people would think it probably sucks, right? But uh, um, but it seems like I'm trying to make the best paper that I can. I, I, I'm trying right, to get right, my right. idea out. No, that's right? a good point. But Very few of us Actually, sort of- so I am pulled in different directions because part of what attracts me to law, because I was in math before, with the norm is obviously for much shorter pieces, and you really are joining stuff in the middle. You can't understand any of these things unless you understand a series of right. other papers or right. ideas, right? And I like that about law, right? That it is, and it is, as you said earlier, it involves like cooperation. You you have to be speaking to a broader group because law works through cooperation. And that's attracted me that the, the law is not so departmentalized that, that you can't understand it unless you're in this particular subfield, right? And part of that may be just the gravitational pull of the judge, right? Like whatever else happens to make your argument, it's got to go through a generalist judge, except in certain areas like IP and bankruptcy. And query whether... Or tax. Yeah, query whether it's kind of regrettable that we've formed these uh, specialized areas. Like, do we actually get some benefit from specialization in those areas? People have written about that, right? I'm not... Yeah. Maybe we should have a show about that sometime. Cool. The benefits of specialization. So I'm, I'm pulled in two different ways, too. I'm just kind of talking about the political economy of it. When I hear... I don't want people to write those articles just because that's what's expected. You know what I mean? In other words, I I like the general, I like the fact that you can kind of, it gives you lots of footholds to understand something new and see things in a different way. But I want it to be that however long that takes, whether it's two pages or 300, what counts is the quality of the idea, right? That's all that should count. And anything that gets in the way of that is waste, right? And should be relentlessly pulled out of the way.
2: Okay, I misunderstood. I thought you you were saying that there should never be 70 pages.
1: No, look, I'm working on one now, like I said. (laughs)
2: um,
0: And and I think we've, and I think we, I certainly, I'll speak for myself. We're being a little bit provocative. uh, I've had the experience of thinking, wow, uh, I wish this were longer. And I've had the experience of thinking, wow, I wish this were shorter. Um, and that's at every you know a twenty-page piece, a forty-page piece, an eighty-page piece. I might be right. responsible
2: for one of those. I apologize. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Um, no, but uh, you know, uh, so so part of it is yeah, it should it should be as, as 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 significant as it needs to be to do well what it's trying to do. I do think that there are pressures, and they may have an unconscious influence. There are pressures on legal academics to produce things that have greater heft, even if it could be done in a shorter um, work. Uh, put differently, um, y- you, you don't, there isn't any pressure that's saying, are you making this as short as you can make it? Right? That's, there's no pressure <laughs> like that I've ever heard.
1: There's, there's pressure to make It's not even that- a
0: sensible question, right, in right. the law review writing context.
1: Well, I hmm, I, I've heard— <laughs> That's my of, experience. Yeah, I, Make it as short as you can make it. I've never heard someone say that. Not exactly that, but there, there are pressures for readability. I mean, there are like, people who are trying to encourage readability, encourage yeah. economy. I mean, that, right. it's not that that's absence from the legal economy, but it's not— um, there's not an overriding sense of write down your ideas in the best possible form. Whether that's a blog post or a podcast or a three-page article or a twenty-page article well, that's or a, a three-hundred-page article, right. what counts is the ideas and the heft of the ideas is what will be weighed, right? And yes. not the and heft they can of the pages. come in
0: they can come in large chunks or small chunks.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I we you know I probably did say something that, that uh, along the lines of what you are are, are uh, ascribing, and um, yeah, I say all kinds of stuff. So <laughs> okay, next okay. question. Thanks. Hello.
3: Hello. So my question has to do with the Blue Book suggestion that you guys have just adopted. Mm -hmm. First of all, I think it's a great idea, a lot simpler. But as far as it pertains, and maybe to the general legal field, like as writing briefs to courts, that would be just fine. But as it applies to law reviews more generally, I'm wondering if you have an opinion as to, so for the write-ons, just to get onto the law review that provides having to go through that very meticulous sort of painstaking, horrible detail of figuring out the blue book gives us a better rubric that's objective as to getting people scored to get on a law review. No, why are
1: you measuring that, though?
3: Why are we measuring how to get people? You know,
1: two things. One, when you measure something, you change it. I forget who said that recently. Heisenberg. No, that's, yes, that's true, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, so, so, uh, so when you measure something, you change it. So, if you, you know, you, 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 in other words, you give people incentives to do the kind of thing, right? But um, so is the well. You tell me what the what the sure. question is. Yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah.
3: So, well, to answer that question, I think it's to the extent, in a very broad level, detail orientation, ranking a, according to okay, let's say, and it's rough and maybe wrong, but this is the best way we have to determine who is more the most detail oriented, for example. And then the second level of that is Mm -hmm. once you're on a journal, apart from just writing a note, which grading those could be really subjective, right? People's work in getting citations correct according to the Blue Book also provides a rubric for exec board the next year and things like that. So my question is, if we were to adopt your new Blue Book...
1: Blue line, I Your, think you mean. Blue line, is that yeah. the
3: name? Okay. Yeah, because it's if just If we one were line. to adopt blue line, <laughs> yeah. then what do you suggest as far as filling that gap, or do you think that's a gap that doesn't need to be filled? Do you think just writing an example note is, does enough for people to get on the journal? Any thoughts as to how that could affect the law review? Well, uh, uh,
0: no thought other than this. It, it would be sad, I think, not to switch... Um, on the ground that you need some way to assess people 's dexterity at a task, right, so find the task that it 's good for people to be able to do and measure it it won 't be this anymore, probably I think you 're right about that um but uh there's there 's other stuff. That you can figure out, can people do this? Given that this is the new thing we need to make sure people can do, let's find a way to make sure people can do it.
1: I I would say this, though, that that if the question is, like, we need a way to measure people who are detail-oriented, we need to measure their their ability to be detail-oriented, and this provides a way to measure that, Um, that's fine. But I I would wonder, like, whether you want people who are detail-oriented, whether that is a salient characteristic depends on what your purposes are. And I feel like that's exactly what's in crisis, like what is our purpose? Yeah. If we know what our purpose is, then we'll know what qualities are important for achieving that purpose. Is it creativity? Is it uh detail orientedness? Is it orientedness or orientation?
0: Uh dealer's think, choice. Okay,
1: all right. <laughs> uh or is it is it just the ability, is it just uh grit, the ability to you know do something for hours on end? Yeah. Uh Maybe it's all of those things. Maybe you want, you know, like a lot of organizations, you want some of each of those kinds of people, right? Um, but I think while we're in this, uh, I don't know. I, I think you want to figure out that purpose before you know what you're measuring. And which, when I was uh, doing the large, even the, even back then, you know, back in the back in the early days, you know, this was 2000, I think. Um, one of the things I did was to move to a system where there was like a, uh, kind of a response to an article that we would read. And there was the blue book. Now I wanted to do away with the blue book thing, but I didn't win out on that one. But, uh, but the, it's I, not, and, it's not surprising. we we wanted to get rid of it. Uh, and, and we would let people turn in their grades if they wanted to. Okay. And so it's, my belief was there should be multiple routes to get onto the law review in order to have people who have different kinds of talents because we want people to do different kinds of things. Um, so, yeah, you know, I mean, but I would say this, uh, the fact that you need a way to measure detail-orientedness is not a reason for keeping a Byzantine system of citation around. I, because that, is in a, that creates an ongoing harm in, in the academy, in my view.
3: Cool. Thank you. Hmm.
1: Thank you. All right, here we go.
4: Hi. Um, so I was really interested in your, in your comments about maybe group work more mm-hmm. into one work product in the legal field. And you compared it to, uh, I guess, the field of science. Yeah. Um, to me, I mean, when I'm researching, I love it when I have a bunch of papers on the same subject because I'm cross-referencing their footnotes. I like to see how people, if they're following the same path to do something. Mm. I mean, do you think you're that you... are saying as an
0: editor that you like it when you're seeing different papers in a... As a researcher as a, researcher. as a researcher. As a researcher, right?
4: So, like, when I was writing my note and I'm just trying to figure out what the field's about, yeah. I think there's utility in the fact that two people... I've commented on the same thing. totally, And for me to start with square one from them, though maybe it shouldn't be 70 pages, and build up to what they're trying to get at, I can see if there's different roads to it or if there's room for another one. Do you think that you lose some of that value in a group effort? Or
1: hmm. well, when, when I was, um, and even in practice I would oftentimes, if I were working in a new area, I would go to the law reviews to try to find basic materials just to give me, you know, it's yeah. one thing to find the cases. It's another thing to hear what other smart people have thought about the body of cases. And and I think that's criminally underused, especially among new lawyers. But uh, I, I would say that um, uh, I always found when I was if I could find a symposium on a thing, I always thought that was gold because that was like those were five to 10 page pieces by about seven different people all on the same topic. Yep. And I could quickly like, map out that intellectual terrain uh, that way. Um would it suffer though if if people if there were more uh, group authored articles? Would there be group think and and therefore a, a lesser diversity? What, you're shaking your head. Are you? I, I think that like
4: because I agree with
1: you in terms of the future
4: of of law. I mean, I come from a journalism under undergrad mm-hmm. as well, and I think that the future mm-hmm. of law review and and other things should in part be podcasts and stuff like this, where you have a joint conversation. Yeah, and so you're seeing this in one place come about. But I don't when it comes to the written format. I almost value two separate pieces of paper Mm. to follow their train of thought. Whereas I guess the choice of medium for me for that kind of all in one place, I want to see or hear audio or be in the discussion.
1: It's I had this. So I was, um, it's interesting. So I, Maybe there's a way to accomplish both. I, I I once had this idea, and I had this introduction and everything, for this article about arbitration, which looked at arbitration in two different ways. So there, there's a form selection view, and there's a condition precedent view. And that the fact that there are these two ways of looking at it explained how the cases were kind of weird. And th- I, there was someone else who I thought probably would disagree with me on this. And I actually suggested we should probably – we could write something in a kind of almost like uh, – Socratic dialogue kind of thing, right? Where we're actually arguing with each other in the piece about mm. this thing, and I thought that would be totally that cool. would be great. Yeah. Um, but to in the in the, the whole like cycle aspect of law, and the fact that we don't have grad students, like the pressure is maybe not to experiment that way, or like people are busy. I do feel like if we had more, you, you think I, my friends in the sciences who have a lab and they've got a bunch of grad students, there are a whole bunch of papers in the pipeline because each of those students is working on a different piece, right? Mm. Um, I, I regret that we don't have that. And it, it reduces maybe, so if I spend a lot of time on that experiment, maybe I don't have enough time to do the one piece that everybody's telling me I need to do this year, right? And, um, but it
0: was funny because in the, uh, so I participated last year in, a, in the, that thing about um, uh, uh, alternative legal publishing stuff. Yeah. Where I, yeah. So um, my uh, the casebook, uh, my main casebook I do with a co-author and she and i were co-authors of a piece in a group of about 5 different law review pieces and every one of them was co- had co-authors so it didn't reduce the number of pieces it just doubled the number of authors cuz each one was written by two people instead of one person so the different perspectives were still getting expressed so i agree with you that having multiple sources that express multiple points of view that's like that's where all the joy comes from right. for me at, or where a lot of it comes from and that would be a real tragedy to lose. But we wouldn't lose it because the fact that some are written by multiple authors, some are written by solo authors, what matters is the points of view.
1: And I think those get expressed. If you have a norm, like in our discipline, may be different than science in that way, right? So in science, like the three of us could work together. And we could find out what's true, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't, don't want to do overemphasize <laughs> the. I don't want to emphasize the role of truth. And I mean, it's complicated, right? right. It, even in mathematics is complicated, but... In law, we have this dialogue. Law is in part a dialogic process, right? And we don't want to lose that. I just think you could build that into these single pieces in a way that could be interesting. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we disagree. This 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 thing that I, I pitched to you one time about writing about uh, public domain and educational materials. I would love to do that. That would, yeah. sounds like a great thing to do. I would yeah. love to do that project together. I don't think it's categorically bad that it's co-op. I mean, it would be fun. No, 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 no. But what I mean is, like, a cool way to do that, given my view that IP should be... A destroyed a very, and stamped out? Well, a lot of it, most right? Of it, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I, I bet I take a more absolutist view on, on public domain, uh, on right. the uh, fair use status of educational materials than you do, and even what it should be. Not so just the synthesis of mode.
0: our different views could produce a, a unified whole that was more interesting right. than either of what we would do alone. And, I think that's possible. And then the
1: further question is would that be more interesting as a paper than it is as a podcast where we talk about it? Yeah, and who knows? Or a blog post where we do it. What's gonna, the best possible embodiment of that conflict that we have about this right, and here, agreement that we have?
0: So the really important observation to make at this point is that we're we are what is coming between people and liquor. Oh, so we need we to we need okay, to get Tyler's question and all then right. we need to be prompt in answering it, and oh then boy. people will enjoy their. They might have a soda. They might have a beer. They might have a wine. They might not want any beverage at all. Okay, let's let's let's
2: Luckily hear. It. It's uh, more of a short comment, but um, when you're talking about. Wanting law reviews to try new things. I think one thing your discussion so far lacked is that law reviews, like any organization, have limited resources in either time and money. So on a law journal, when you're trying to produce the best quality publication, it's hard to experiment sometimes. Do you think there's any kind of balancing you can do to trying new things but still putting out the best quality product?
0: Well, it certainly involves a reconceptualization of quality product. Right. So it because there are trade offs to be made. You're right. No resources are infinite or inexhaustible. So if you decide to use, you know, time uh, T1 to TN to do this stuff, it means you're not using it to do some other stuff. Yeah. So you'd be making different choices about what quality represented. That would be part of the experiment. And I don't mean to minimize or deny that. I think you're absolutely right. And that's that's probably why many fewer experiments are undertaken.
1: But I would go further and say that law journals, like other student organizations at law schools, face a special kind of challenge. Uh, partly it's law school's only three years. I know you guys say only three years, but it's not like five right. or, or six years or more of a PhD program, right? right so right. the students have a limited kind of shelf life here in law school. Yeah, the institutional and, cycle is really short. And as non-1Ls, it's even shorter, right? right? It's two It's two years. And really as editorial short. board members, it's one year. And so you're always faced with this task of, I've got one year to do this. I, I don't have any time to learn the job, right? Uh, and you know i 've been the advisor for the law review for a number of years, and i 've met a number of all the presidents have been uh, the eics have been great and each one is concerned with well what what can I do given the limitations that I have because the one thing I have to do is ship out these uh, these issues, right? Right. That, that's I have to do that, and that yeah. is a huge, like that's a huge job just totally. all. And right. you don't want to wreck that by trying all this other stuff. Right. And so the the advice I've always given is just you try to leave the place a little bit better than you found it, right? Which was my mantra when I was the EIC at a journal. Right. It's like I can't do everything. Here are some big problems that I see, and I want to make sure that I solve the biggest one of these or leave it better than I found it. Right. And other people can disagree about whether it's better or not. I mean, you know, that's always. You're in that position. It's your choice to make, um, but I think that's a it's a special challenge of of law schools that you you don't have unlimited time to to do all of these things. We could help though. We yes, could create we could. structures that create more institutional memory that lasts that longer. embeds you into a structure that 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 doesn't like tie your hands down to doing things in a particular way, but opens up the potential for more creativity. Yes, and that's something to to think about. It, it, right. We or others, if we were approached, I bet we would, there would be a willingness to do that. I have some ideas, <laughs> um, but maybe, maybe another time. Right. Yeah, did, did that answer your question? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I don't want to undersell. I mean, it's not like, oh, lot law reviews, oh, these students are so stupid. They can do all these no, great things. No, not at all. No, not at all. Like, if all you do is get out your issues on time and you publish the things that you agreed you'd publish, like, that's a huge job. It's a huge job, as you guys know. So um, asking you to do more is asking a lot. But, Indeed. you know, that's life. <laughs> are we done? Are you gonna? Do you have a question? I yeah. do. Boom, let's hear it. When are we going to get away from actually sending out issues? Um, I I think you could stop right now. Yeah, whenever you decide to. I I don't know. I mean, uh, I I imagine most of the issues you send out are to libraries, right? Um, How – we we do have some librarians in the audience, and they can maybe tell us. uh, We don't want (laughs) them. What is your experience with how often people pull them off the shelves? They don't. They don't. Right? Okay. So, you know, because I have an official role as advisor, can I just say stuff? I guess I can. I would Please. stop tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I think you. I think you. What you do is you produce an. You produce a type. Uh, you produce a type style copy that will go online and online to dupe people into believing there are print copies in existence. There there are not. Um, and, and you put it on Westlaw and Lexus, of course, um, and so you know, maybe there need to be 10 paper masters
1: or something like that, but yeah, you don't need more than that. You can do hmm? yeah, exactly. print on demand. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And you can order, pre- I mean, it may be more expensive to send preprints to the authors if you're not bundling it in with a publishing agreement. I, that's the kind of thing we could look at and see right. you know how, but authors it is.
0: don't really want preprints that much anymore.
1: I either. have all my preprints. I don't. You know, some people do send them out to they people. They do, but it's increasingly like... antiquated. I is think. it? Yeah. I, I don't. So. I still have pretty much so, all my preprints. Yeah. So, in box in my office. So look,
0: it you, you it, it's a it's a it's a matter of your um you know ha, your appetite for conversations where you explain to people why you did something that is both deeply strange and perfectly obvious. <laughs>
2: Because that's to... what
0: you'll have to do. You'll have to have a bunch of conversations where people are looking at you like you're from outer space. But once you explain it, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you're totally
1: right." It's that expensive. Was, I should, we I should have done that a years lot ago. eats a lot of the budget printing all this stuff, right? Lots. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember this, and it's it's like, God, you know, who's reading these? You know, it, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. It's oh well, crazy. look,
0: a lot of people are reading them. They just don't need the paper copy to reading read them. them in that form, right?
1: On right. this media. exactly. It's
4: a zero sum. I mean, because of the money that comes in to pay for the printing. Ultimately,
1: pays for the printing, and that comes from the people that are ordering print subscriptions. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to game this thing, like I, I, I've looked at the WNL rankings. If you want to game this, you don't you don't send out any paper, right? But you accept more articles, and you put out more articles, and therefore you have more raw citations, right? And then you go mm-hmm. up in the W and It's like this either a virtuous cycle or a vicious cycle, depending on how mm-hmm. you view that. And if you don't but, do
0: print copies, you can also do you could have like six. Uh, uh, six a year instead of four a year, and you could put them out more frequently because you're you're not the the production process is shorter because you're not printing hundreds or thousands of copies. Or, or you could do
1: five a year if you. Or, I mean, you don't have to do but any. What, yeah, you don't whatever. have to do any I mean, a year. You do whatever. however many that year you have. Or you maybe could do you don't two, need... and each could be two thousand pages long. I mean, whatever. Right. You could play with the form. Other or words. or you could, as the article is ready, you put it out. You push it out to your Twitter that hey, this is the latest article. Blah blah blah. Well, now, now you're just getting totally wackadoo Why? Why? Like, every article is a little flash. It, it's you know, like constant... Because like, I'm, not,
0: I'm not there yet with the... I like the notion you want of a album. collected... You don't want the song. That's right. It's not, just, you want the album. it's not just the single song on iTunes. I want an album concept, at least for a little while longer. Right. You're not one of those who thinks vinyl sounds better than... No, 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 no. Okay. Because right. I have a hearing impairment, so I, I know everything sounds like crap to me, so I don't okay. care.
1: Okay. Well... <laughs> Are, are we done? We're going to get a lot of feedback on this, I think.
0: I think so too. Yeah. I think we're going to get a lot of feedback because
1: we said a lot of nutty things. Let's we be did. honest. Yeah. So we're going to get we're going to hear about that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of nuts in this new got today. No oh boy. Are we done? Yeah. Okay, we're done.